Hello and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. This week we talk to Cecily Jones of Warwick's Department of Sociology about the abolition of slavery. 2007 marks the 200th anniversary of the abolition of the slave trade, but the legacy of slavery continues to affect the lives of millions of people across the world. We spoke to Cecily about this legacy, the questions of apologies and reparations, and why it was important to mark this historic event. 2007 marks the 200th anniversary of the abolition of the slave trade. Why is this an important anniversary to mark? Well, because the anniversary effectively ended almost 500 years of the slavery, the enslavement of millions and millions of Africans um, by, by the British in the Caribbean and um, also um, in the U.S. And I think it's really, really important to remember, remember, to remember that actually, you know, 1807 marked the end of the slave trade, but it did not mark the end of slavery itself. And that, I think, is a, it's a completely issue, a completely different issue that we really need to talk about. Um, slavery itself carried on until 1833. Um, in fact, it actually effectively didn't end until 1838. But it's important to mark it because it signalled the end or the, 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 the end of the trade itself, which over a period of almost 400 years extracted something like, um, I mean, the figures are, 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 are constantly being contested, but the, the estimated um, 11 million people from Africa. And this is actually one of the biggest ever forced migrations of people in history. And so the end of the trade itself marked a very, very significant moment um, for Britain, but also for Africa and for people in the Caribbean. What's been the legacy of, of that trade, um, both in terms of the, the, the social legacy, but also the cultural legacy? The legacy of that trade differs um, in diverse ways. Uh, so, for instance, what we have seen... Um, in, if we take Africa, for instance, one of that was the depletion, um, the trade itself, not just in terms of people, but in terms of the exploitation of Africa's raw materials, um, which depleted some of Africa's natural resources. And we can see, um, we can see in contemporary Africa some of the continuing um, legacies of slavery itself. In the Caribbean, um, and to some extent in, in, in Britain, again, we can see um, a society which has been underdeveloped. Um, we can, if we think about the, uh, which is underdeveloped, um, and the Caribbean um, and Africa are now some of the poorest places in the world and are heavily, heavily indebted to the West still. So they're also their political, social, and economic, and also cultural legacies as well. I think racism um, is one of the is one of the sort of social and political um, and in some ways economic um, legacies, and it has affected the lives of people of the African diaspora, right across the Caribbean, in America, uh, in the UK, and also in Africa itself. It has shaped the ways in which we our lives are led. Are led and the ways in which we live within um, society. Does it shape the identity that many black people have of themselves? I think it does. I think one of the I think one of the consequences of slavery, because slavery eventually came to be predicated on the base of race, and because of this, because of these these theories, um, particularly from the nineteenth century onwards, um, theories of black racial inferiority. Um, and I think that continues today, the idea that somehow the blacks are less and less 
intelligent and so on and so forth. And it's also it's also important to recognise the, the 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 kind of psychological damage it's, it's um, done as well. Um, a lot of people today um, no longer want to even think about slavery because you know they 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 find it difficult to, um, or rather they because it's been so damaging to themselves. Um, I think black people have been defined in very in very 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 negative ways. Um, throughout the last 500 years, and it continues even today. Does that history of slavery then, whether approaching it as the traders or as the slaves themselves, shape how we approach race relations today? I think that history of slavery continues to shape the way in which we relate to each other. Um, If we're going to use the term races, um, which I I do have problems with, but Mm. I think it does continue to shape the ways in which we certainly in the UK live. Many people will tell you, for instance, that um, because of the, the, the racism um, that has been present since um, slavery became racialized, um, black people have in, in Britain. Just even if, even if we just take um, even if we just look at it economically, um, we're amongst we're amongst the poorest population in the UK. I think something like 51% of black children in the UK living in poverty. And I mean, the, you know, I think that because of institutional racism, um, I think black people have been economically marginalised, and this is one of the consequences of it. Still, um, you know, people have argued, and many people have argued, and um, if you look at some of the um, some of the blogs and so on, many people are arguing that, well, you know, blacks in this country are dis- economically disenfranchised it's because of their own innate inabilities. But we know that institutional racism has had a very, very significant impact on shaping the economic um, uh, fortunes of black people in this country. Do you think we have a proper understanding across the broader society within the UK of the issues around slavery um, and the impact that it's had? Do we acknowledge that? And is our tendency to understand it as a historical problem or a historical issue rather than a live current debate? There's two things. One, I, no, I don't think that um, we really have a proper understanding of what slavery was and, and its impact or how much slavery, um, African slavery, actually contributed to the building of this country that was once Great Britain. I think people really do not appreciate the historical significance of slavery. Um, and it's quite clear and it's quite evident in debates, you know, people, especially debates around um, reparations and so on and so forth, and people, people tend to say, well, that happened, um, that happened 200 years ago, it's over, it's done with, and black people need to move on. I would argue that we need to remember that, that, you know, that, slave, that slavery and its aftermath and its consequences need to be part of contemporary debates still, because, precisely because of its continuing impact on black communities. And also because we need to be vigilant that it doesn't happen again. And having said that, I mean, we can see that slavery continues um, um, in many parts of the world. Um, one of the sort of greatest, um, one of the greatest um, crimes against humanity is the forced um, uh, enslavement of people from Eastern Europe and um, from Africa and from the Caribbean, for instance. So slavery itself has to be kept alive, and slavery cannot be seen as something which happened in the past. It's, in, it's you know, its effect has been its effects have been very, very, very long-reaching. And as I said, slavery continues 
in the in the contemporary world. So it, so we can't just consign it to the dustbin of history. For many black people, um, there's so many reasons why we can't um, simply just why we can't simply just forget slavery. Partly because it it, it continues to shape the way in which we are and our existence in the society, um, but also because it is still very much slavery itself is still very much with us in Africa and um, the forced um, you know sort of kidnapping of young children and who have been forced into labor or who have been forced into sexual slavery is still a very, very real problem. Do we focus on the wrong things, though? Um, a lot of people, you know, we're, we're talking about this issue because it's the, it's the 200th anniversary of the British Parliament abolishing the slave trade. And a lot of the focus is on the MPs, particularly Wilberforce, who championed that, that abolition. Are we focusing on the right people? Are we telling the right stories about slavery? I think, I think that Wilberforce's efforts to bring about an end to the slave trade really have to recognise. There's no getting away from it, yeah? And, um, you know, the, the, the efforts of people such as Clarkson and so on and so forth, I think we really have to actually recognize, recognize their contributions. Mm. Having said that, I think we need to give greater, greater weight to the efforts of enslaved people themselves and other people, other sort of less-known people who were involved in the struggle to win the slave trade. Um, you know, I mean, Africans themselves were resistant slavery, from the point, or you know, from the point of enslavement, you know, they, they resisted it um, while on board the ship, uh, on board the middle middle passage, and they waged struggles uh, against slavery uh, while they were on the plantations of the Caribbean and America itself. And I think you know, much more emphasis needs to be given to the struggles of enslaved people themselves um, to bring about slavery, to, to bring about an end to the slave trade. The other thing is, is that not only not not only enslaved people, but there are also many other, I guess, what you'd call smaller people, um, who who thought slavery and the slave trade was absolutely abominable and that it should be abolished. I mean, there are people like um, uh, the and a Yearsley, for instance, who was a Bristol milkmaid. I mean, she's one of the very very few working class women um, in the UK who thoughts on slavery um, were actually published, um, but we, you know, we know very, very little about Annie Isley. But, I mean, as I said, I mean, she, I mean, she was, um, some of her, her poetry, her poems on, um, on the wickedness of slavery was very, very influ- influential. So, yes, we need to highlight and recognize the, the, the contributions of um, Wilberforce and Clarkson and people like Equiana Alorda, but we also need to, re- you know, give equal recognition to the struggles of enslaved people themselves and other people who just certainly believed that slavery was wicked. Mm. There's been a lot of discussion around the issues of apologies and, and possible reparations. Is that a necessary step as part of the reconciliation um, that we have to go through um, to, to resolve our history with slavery? I'm, 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 in a way, Tom, I'm much more interested in why not apologise you know, and I think you know, I think the, the debate is being the, the debate is being led in terms of well, why should we apologise? And I want to know why not apologise? Um, you know, after all, apologies have been extended to the victims of other kind of Holocaust and genocides. So why not to Africa? And it's not it's, it's insufficient to say again that well, this happened 200 years ago, and so and let's just move on. An apology is not needed, but actually, an apology is. And I think as long as people continue to prevaricate. I think the black community will just 
continue to believe that actually they're undervalued. Yeah? And I think an apology in itself, I think, you know, I, I, I don't think many people are actually making a case for reparations. Mm. But I think people, um, people would be in favour of an apology. After all, um, you know, given that, I mean, just so many million, many million Africans were enslaved and so many were killed and lost as well. I mean, I think an apology is just. The problem is, is that one reason why people why people reject the idea of an apology is because they see it as opening the door to um, claims for reparations. Now, as I said, my, my, my people will say, well, um, it happened so long ago, um, can we not just forget it? But if we look at Africa, if we look at um, the state of the black population in the Caribbean, in the UK, and the USA, we'll see that, you know, their the, the lives are still being defined by this. And as long as people continue to say, well, there's no need to apologize, then it will, I think many black people will continue to see that as a sign of our undervalued, just how much undervalued we are in society. Does an apology, though, have to, has to come from a position of understanding? Are we ready to make that apology, do we understand the issues deeply enough that an apology has meaning? Well, we can, we can try. To, we can try. To, we can. We can. I mean, if 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 we're not even beginning to understand the issue, and I think and I think that we're not. I think we're we're not we, we're not sufficiently set um, up. You know, we're not just apologising for slavery. You know, but back, back history isn't just about slavery. We're talking about the. Um, continued racism, which continue right into the 20th century and right into the 21st century. Yeah, so we need to. I think we need to. We need to sort of take a much, much broader view as to whether or not we're ready for um, an apology. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not quite sure why people are objecting. I mean, and as I said before, just to say, well, it happened 200 years ago. I mean, what, what, you know, what, you know, what, what would we have to do before we reach that? Before we reach a place where an apology, uh, when an apology would be seen. Uh, that would be forthcoming. So 2007 marks this anniversary. What do you think are the positive outcomes that we could take from the celebrations and, and the work that's going on around uh, marking that anniversary that are going to help us take positive steps in the future? I think, one of the, I think for me, one of the most, the most positive things is that it has begun to raise a lot more understanding, a lot more questioning and reflection on slavery and, um, and racism as well. That, for me, that has, that's probably one of the most positive outcomes. But if after 2007, um, slavery and black history is simply, simply, simply goes away and the kind of questioning, the debates don't continue, then, um, then I'm not sure it will have achieved its objective. Yeah, I, I mean, I see this as some. I see this as providing um, a, a, a stepping stone where we can continue to um, debate about slavery, debate about black history, and so on and so forth. And if it does that, then um, it will have achieved its, its aim. If at the end of 2007 it's simply forgotten, it's simply put aside, then I don't think we'd have, I don't think that the entire thing would have, would, would have actually served much purpose at all. One, one, other, one other positive outcome is that it has drawn attention on the existence of contemporary slavery still. And, that, and for me, um, that itself is a really, really important outcome. Does this mark an opportunity then to sort of, I suppose, reinvent the curriculum for how we educate children, how we educate people in schools and universities about the identity, you know, how we constructed this identity of Britain? To, uh, at a point where we can start to recognise that element of our history. 
I think it's absolutely essential that, I mean, I mean we've seen recently um, the move to integrate uh, slavery into the school curriculum, and I think that's really, really important. Having said that, I mean, I would hope, I, 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 I don't know what the content of it is going to be, but I would hope that it would extend beyond slavery to actually look at black history in general and to look at the very sort of positive contributions that black people have made to um, the UK um, over the past two millennia, you know. Um, so I'd want, to, I'd want to see a much broader, broader um, curriculum than simply confining that to... Um, Discussion about slavery. Is this is, is this discussion actually part of a, a, a broader reassessment of, of, of black history and black identity within both the UK and uh, um, you know, in a much broader environment than that? Yeah, I mean, I would I would I would think so. I mean, I think that um, I think that a lot of people I think we, that we have been given a moment. We have a moment where we're able to um, reflect much more critically on our role in the world today and um, and and to think about the kind of continuities and think about also about the linkages as well and to begin to think about how we might redefine our, our identities as black people and i think that i think that has been going ongoing anyway but um, i think this moment has been actually very very critical it's certainly given a lot of black people a voice um, for the first time and many community groups uh, um Many community groups, for instance, have been organising particular projects around around Black history, and it certainly has. Um, it certainly has, um, in some ways, um, instigated uh, a lot more debates about Black identity, about how we might redefine that identity and, and its meanings. And its meanings, not just as you say, not just in the UK, but across the Black diaspora. Cecily, thank you very much. If you would like to comment on anything you've heard on Warwick Podcasts, then please visit the forum at www.warwick.ac.uk slash go slash podcasts or email me at t.abbott at warwick.ac.uk. Thank you.